want to tell you about something that happened last Sunday, and you'll remember that last Sunday the weather was not as absolutely glorious as it is today. I mean, this is perfect, right? I mean, I don't know if I ever want to go back inside. It's just like the perfect temperature. It's so good, so good to be here. Last week, I think I sweated off about 15 pounds. And at the end of the masses, and I knew this going into the morning set of masses because I got word kind of through the night via email that one of our parishioners, Charlotte Gardner, was in the hospital down in Concord. And I knew as soon as the three masses outside were done, I needed to get down there to see her right away. So as soon as we got everything all wrapped up, I got the Blessed Sacrament, I got in my car, I drove down to Concord. And in this day and age of pandemic, you can't just waltz right into the hospital, right? And so I had to fill out some paperwork. I was standing there kind of chatting with uh, one of the guards, and word came back from the unit where Charlotte was that I was not allowed to come up because she was not in the process of actively dying. Uh, it was, you know, kind of a disappointing thing. I mean, I want to see you when you're in the hospital. I had gotten word. I drove down there. But I could definitely tell that no amount of discussing or convincing was going to work. So I took our Lord. I went back to the car. I prayed in our Father. I consumed the Blessed Sacrament. And then I called up to the unit and was able to at least talk to her for a little bit. Now, thanks be to God. The next day, on Monday, the chaplain at the hospital called St. James in Concord, and Father Jerome, the pastor down there, got to go see Mrs. Gardner. And when he got there, she said, thank you for coming, but why are you allowed to come in? And Father John came all the way from Salisbury, and they wouldn't let him in. And Father Jerome said, well, it's my understanding that they're only letting in the handsome priests. So it all worked out in the end, and we understand that somehow things work. But as the the week progressed, uh, Charlotte actually later on Monday was transferred to the hospice house in Kannapolis. Uh, I was able to get in to see her then on Tuesday and to bring her the Blessed Sacrament. And God bless Charlotte Gardner. She passed away on Wednesday at 3.45 in the midst of the hour of divine mercy. And I'm grateful that when I saw her on Tuesday, I was able to have a little bit of a conversation with her and just got to tell her, and all the Catholic daughters will remember this, you know, every time we have the gumbo, Charlotte would make many beautiful centerpieces out of, you know, silk flowers. And I was able to tell her that, you know, I recently moved rectories back in November and it's because of her that it doesn't just look like a bachelor's house. Uh, one of the things that, you know, as the pastor of Sacred Heart, I have inherited a couple of those centerpieces. And there's one in particular that is out. It's, it's a fall blend, but you know what? I'm a guy. I don't care. They're nice looking flowers. They're there. And they already had a special place in my heart, but I was able to tell her that. She smiled about it. And then I was able to give her the Blessed Sacrament. We chatted a little bit, and that's the last time I'll get to have a conversation with Charlotte Gardner, this side of the grave. Now, I don't just tell you that because I'm so proud of Father Jerome and his quick wit. I don't just tell you that because, you know, one of our beautiful parishioners, longtime parishioners, has passed away. I tell you that because those flowers... I think are very important, and I'm not lying when I say when I look at them, they will have a special place in my heart. 
But at the same time, those flowers, even though they will point to Charlotte and remind me of the good times and the gumbo and the Catholic daughters and all of this wonder that we have here and how blessed I am to be the pastor of Sacred Heart still, it's not as though I get to have a conversation with Charlotte via the flowers, right? They're a, a sign of God's goodness. They point towards this eternal reality of how much he speaks in time and how blessed we are to have one another. And yet, it's not as though she's able to give the gift of her perpetual presence. And that's the difference between gifts that we can give each other and the gift that we celebrate today. Jesus Christ loves us so much that he doesn't just give us a present, right? He gives us his presence He loves us so much that he doesn't disappear into the clouds, but remains with us forever. That he gives us the bread that leads to eternal life. And not just life that continues on, right? I mean, we don't want to continue on forever in the hospice house. We know that these bodies of ours are gradually wearing out. I mean, I've been talking to Chinanso about his early morning runs, God bless him. He's getting up before Mass and going for a run in beautiful Salisbury. He almost made five miles yesterday. We talked about it last night. He made 4.97 and was really frustrated that he didn't look until afterwards because he could have made it to five. I assured him he walked the .03 during Mass for First Communion, so he eventually made that five, right? But I'm rapidly approaching 40, and I will be honest with you. I can't run like I did 10 years ago. My knees are gradually wearing out, and I know I'm young. I get it. I know that it will get worse, right? But here's the thing. It ain't getting better, and I am wearing out gradually more and more. Now, I'm not going to retire tomorrow. I've got a, <laughs> That's the fun thing. Every time we do the priest retirement collection, right, I've got more than half of my life left before I get to see any of that. So that's okay. It's good, but... We all know that these bodies of ours have expiration dates, but the beautiful thing we celebrate today is that the love of God has no expiration date. That as we move through, as we say at the end of the rosary, this valley of tears, right? As we look at the Israelites, they move through the desert. We don't have to pretend that everything always is honky-dory. We don't have to be optimists, frankly. We know that this life is difficult. It really is a valley of tears. But the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus doesn't leave us as orphans. He doesn't abandon us to our own designs. He stays in the midst of all of this with us and gives us himself in a way that we are incapable of giving ourselves to each other of leaving gifts for one another. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That We shouldn't try to give different gifts. And one of the reason I bring up Charlotte Gardner is I'm almost like surrounded by images of the Gardner family. And I know she experiences life often as a valley of tears. Our St. Anne statue right over here is dedicated to her daughter who passed away early of cancer. If you look to the side over there, for those of you who can see the cemetery, you can probably see her headstone where it says Gardner, it's on a heart, there's an angel kind of laying down on it. Her husband Lefty is there. I had his funeral a few years back. I know that saying goodbye to one another is hard. It's a difficult thing. I can see Tom Moore in his car right over there. We're celebrating the Mass today for his lovely wife, Pat, who passed away on Epiphany Sunday back in January of 2019. And yet, what are we connected to today? 
Every time we come to the Mass, we are connected with all of the angels and saints in heaven. This speaks into eternity. God gives us this opening into eternity, gives us his very self, gives us a gift that we can't give to one another. We know that we are in a fallen world, so full of division, chaos, craziness all around us. But what can unite us ultimately is the love of God. And that's not just sort of like an ephemeral, spiritual, nice thing to say. No, it is substantial. It is real. He comes to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, under the forms of bread and wine, in such a way that we can receive him, in such a way that we can consume him and take him into our hearts, take him into ourselves physically, to actually have him with us all the time. He gives us himself in that way. What do we have to do? We have to stay open to that always. We have to beg him, as I beg him at every Mass, Lord, never let me be parted from you. When I stray away from my brothers and sisters in Christ, when I stray away from you through sin, through that rejection of your love and the love of one another, for whatever reason it may be, he gives us the chance to be reconciled and to experience his love. We have the gift of confession to have our sins to be wiped away. But it's not just that we might be clean, but that we might enter into communion, holy communion, union with him, and union then with one another. Regardless of where we come from, regardless of what the gifts are that God may have given us, the beautiful diversity of humankind unified in true unity, that is Jesus Christ himself. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the source and summit of our faith. This is the great reason that really this church even exists, that the Catholic Church continues as a ship throughout the waves of time, right? Even though it may be beat by all of the different waves and all of the different difficulties and the winds may blow, at the heart of it all is the true and living presence of Jesus Christ who continues to stay in our midst, continues to make himself available. The beautiful thing that we are called to do is to make ourselves available to him, to never stray away, to never just stay content in the midst of sin, but rather to beg for his forgiveness, to thank him for the fact that he gives it through his mercy, and to accept that union that he offers us in this most blessed sacrament. How blessed we are to have him, regardless of who gives him to us, be it Pope Francis, be it some other much more handsome priest, right? Be it any of them in the world, our Lord makes this possible, his presence. He will not abandon us. Stay close to him always. Beg him that you may never be parted from him. And then live your life in such a way to draw all people to this greatest of all gifts, the blessed sacrament who is Jesus Christ. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.